All right, Arnim, I'm going to start with you this time. If you could roam where you want to all around the world, roam where you want to, where would you go, baby, go, go, baby, go? Man, that's a tough one. Um, does it have to be a place I've been or a place that I haven't been or either? It could be anywhere. I mean, whatever you're feeling. New Zealand. Yeah, I really want to go to New Zealand too, man. What about you, Andrew? Man, um, if I could go anywhere, well, I'd really, really like to go and visit like Afghanistan and the Central Asian Republics, but Afghanistan's not exactly a very safe place right now, so probably would stay away from there. Um, I, I've been really, really fascinated by some of the South African nations, Namibia, Botswana, even more towards like Malawi and Tanzania. I think something to where I could I could visit all of those areas relatively safely would be something that I think would be really kind of fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I frankly, I really do like the New Zealand idea or Australia. Also, I think they've got some uh, college football games that are planned there in the future, which is great because we're a college football podcast. So on that note, we're here with our predictions for week nine. Ah, it's week nine already. What a crazy concept. It's so, almost basketball season. I know. I mean, somebody should write some articles about how it's almost basketball season, and we're going to – Yeah, they're kind of poorly written. I mean, it's okay. We're kind of a poorly playing team, so it's fine. It matches up with our aesthetic. Very true. Uh, actually, Artem, how is your team going to be in foot pay- basketball this year? Don't ask. I bet he's getting fired. It's not looking good. That's the spirit. That's what I'm looking for. Well, then let's move on to some happier times. This week for week nine, we're covering, let's start off with Texas Tech at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State pulled the big upset over West Virginia a couple weeks ago, and Texas Tech is Texas Tech. I don't know what else to say. Um, We can expect tortillas to fly onto the field. Um, I think... I've got Iowa State. I just think they're a better all-around team, whereas Texas Tech has the offense but hasn't shown me a ton on defense other than the game against TCU, which I think was an abnormality. Tommy's got Texas Tech, but Artem, who, you're closer to this whole situation, so maybe you've got some insight. Who do you got in this matchup? Man, this is a tough one. Um, the school that smears shit on inside people's buses or the Cyclones? Wait, Texas Tech really did that? When the hell was that? Yeah. Uh, they did it to us every single time we visited Lubbock when we were in the Big 12. Is this just like a Texas A&M story? Like, Andrew, did you know about this? This is the first I've heard of this. Nope. This I is... do not support feces-based pranks. This is kind of, you know, the pattern. It's a, it's a personality they create. They first smear the shit inside your bus, and then they throw tortillas. Okay. So I'm going to go with uh, Iowa State on this one. Like you said, they're a more complete team. Uh, they have beaten they, – they played TCU close when I think TCU still had some resemblance of a team. And they've beaten Oklahoma State and West Virginia since. So I'm going to go with uh, Iowa State on this one. Okay. I'm still thinking about the – feces thing but Andrew um, you got Iowa State in this one or Texas Tech 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Texas Tech because I didn't pick them last week and they won. So I'm gonna pick them this week. Kingsbury's actually been coaching really well. He was pretty much coaching for his job this year, and he's been able to turn them around. Again, I think that offense is absolutely fantastic. I think it'll be close. I think I think it's it's a three and a half point spread currently, so neutral field, relatively an even game. Um, now you know the Texas Tech beat TCU, but Iowa State didn't. But then Texas Tech lost to West Virginia, but Iowa State didn't. So it's kind of a it's really tough to compare who they played. Both teams beat Oklahoma State, Texas Tech more convincingly. But I think it's going to be Texas Tech, but I think it'll be a pretty close game. I mean, honestly, that's kind of the theme of this week is a lot of these matches are very, very close uh, against teams that you just can't really make a comparison against directly, even with the uh, the, good, the good old uh, claws. Uh, but... Uh, Anyway, next up, we got Miami at Boston College. So, I don't think Miami's all they're chalked up to be, and Boston College is going to have the home field advantage. Honestly, I don't know what to say about either of these teams. Other than Miami, I don't think they're as good as what people say they are. Uh, Tommy's got Miami. I have Boston College. Andrew, who do you got? So, this is being played on Red Bandana Night at Boston College which is a huge tradition for them it's being played on a Friday which is for those who don't know it's in honor of uh, a Boston College alum who helped save people during the 9-11 tragedy anyway yep. I believe I believe he was a lacrosse player at Boston College yes but Miami's still playing musical quarterbacks I think they're going back to Malik Rozier so we're really not sure what they're going to get there the other thing is I'm fairly certain A.J. Dillon is going to be back for Boston College after missing a couple of games. So I think just the mixture of that, Dillon being back, it being the red bandana game, Miami not being able to figure out a quarterback, I think Boston College is going to end up winning this game. Okay, well, and I mean, to be fair, they have pulled a couple of upsets on this night. I know they beat USC during this game uh, a couple of years ago. Artem, are you convinced by uh, Andrew's argument no i think miami is going to take this one close i think this is a boston college team that's given up a lot of yards um usually they're they're pretty stout defensively but they give out quite a bit of passing yards a game and i just think miami has the better defense to to be able to hang in the game a little bit better so musical quarterbacks or not i think it's going to be a close game but i think miami is going to take it okay well, this is about that time of night where you can tell the beer is wearing off because I'm starting to stutter and lose track of what I need to say. But anyway, next up, we got Indiana at Minnesota. So both Tommy and I are picking Indiana. I don't know what to say about these teams. So I'm just going to get handed over to you, Artem. Indiana or Minnesota? Gosh, it's like a coin flip. Both teams... Allow more points per game, and they score. I'm gonna go with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's a bad Minnesota. I'm gonna pick Minnesota. Row the boat. All righty. And Andrew, I know you're in kind of an Indiana homer for whatever. You you have 
have some random teams you pick, but I'm I'm gonna pick Indiana because a I really don't have a clue who's gonna win this game, but I do think a team that gets blown out by a winless Nebraska probably not a team to pick. So I'm gonna pick Indiana. Fair enough. I I can't argue with there that might, statement. There might there might be a couple of holes in the boat. I can't argue with that statement. Uh, next up. Texas at Oklahoma State. So I think it's fair to say the wheels have kind of fallen off on Oklahoma State. And Texas is back, depending on who you ask, because I think Artem's going to have some strong words about that whole situation. But, yeah, uh, in this particular one, I think Oklahoma State's going to look to make a big impact and show that they are not – they're not completely done with the season just yet. I think Oklahoma State takes it at home. Tommy has Texas. Andrew, who do you got? I think the biggest question is going to be, can Sam Ellinger play? He got hurt against Baylor. And so I think that's really going to be the big question. I think if Ellinger plays, Texas can win this game. I just have more faith in him than I do Shane Bichelle, and I think the other side, as you said, the luster's kind of fallen off Oklahoma State. We were really high on them, and they've dropped three out of the last four, including a loss to Kansas State team that I don't, I don't think that is that great. So I think Texas is going to win this game, but again, I think I think it'll be it'll be a really close game, and I, I think Earl Ellinger will be kind of the big question: is how healthy is he, and how ready to go is he? All right, that's that's fair. I mean, that's kind of a big deal having your quarterback in. Artem, do you want to explain to me why Oklahoma State is going to win this game? I, I know I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm making an assumption here. Statistically, Oklahoma State looks better in every category. And they're playing at home. And they have a quarterback who's a fifth-year senior, I believe. So he's gone after this year. Got a lot to prove. Um, they lost on the road. They lost in a home game. I don't see them losing three back to back. I don't. I, I think Ellinger was making that shitty offense run somehow. Um, but twenty three to seventeen against Baylor. Uh, that, that's not very good. Um, I think after Ellinger came out, they only got one touchdown in. And honestly, from the highlights I, I saw from that game, they should have lost. Um, there was a pretty clear missed call on uh, what, constitu- what constitutes as a catch, and that's pretty typical of a Big 12 program to give Texas wins because it, it, it helps them more to have a, a winning Texas than it does to have a, a Baylor upset them. So um, I think the refs didn't want to get in the way of that. So I think this one will uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys will take. No bias or vitriol in that statement at all. And no sarcasm in my statement, that's for sure. Uh, Next up, (laughs) Uh, a Washington State team who's riding high after a big, big win at home against Oregon. And a Stanford team that's, well, they haven't really lost horribly, but they're starting to look a little worse for wear, especially as far as the uh, uh, love situation goes at running back. Both Tommy and I have Washington State when they're going on the road against Stanford. Artem, who do you got in this matchup?
Man, this is a tough one, too. It's probably one of the harder ones of the week. you got a Washington State team that's coming off a really high win. They're putting up a lot of points. I don't think this Stanford defense has been as good as it can be, and I think Bryce Love has finally fallen off the wagon. He's had several games where he should have proven you know, why he should have left for the draft last year. He hasn't really done that, so I'm actually going to go ahead and pick Washington State on this one. Okay. Andrew. You, you've been talking about all week how Stanford's kind of fallen off. you taking them in this one? No, and it's an interesting reason. It's the fact that Washington State has apparently learned how to play defense. I don't really understand it. Um, it's really confusing, and I'm not sure if it's a world <laughs> I want to live in. But Washington State is playing really good defense. Again, don't really know what kind of world this is, but I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Stanford's really struggled without Bryce Love. They've really struggled doing anything offensively. They're not, you know, they're averaging 350 yards a game. They're only averaging 24.9 points a game. Uh, I think this is Washington State's chance to really jump into the national conversation. Now, the thing that pisses me off is this game is on the Pac-12 network. Oh, no. So you can't watch it. Like, what the hell? You have a, a, a ranked matchup on the fucking Pac-12 network. What the hell? And they, they always get one, man. I mean, it's just... Oh, you know, maybe I have to do something illegal to watch it or something. I don't know. Go Cougs. <laughs> Go Cougs, indeed. Uh... He's so sad, too. You really just want to support your Cougs. Oh, well. Anyway, next up, Texas A&M. Huh. We don't have any fans of Texas A&M here. And they're going on the road to Mississippi State. So, again, these are two teams that, honestly, Texas A&M has not gotten off to the start they had hoped, but it's really just because they lost to Alabama and Clemson. So I guess you could say it's been a disappointing season, but really they've kind of won all the games I expected them to win. And Mississippi State uh, kind of fell apart after losing to Kentucky, but since then they've kind of tried to bounce back. So both of them are an interesting situation. This game could really help build their season, build a good bedrock for their season. Both Tommy and I have Texas A&M. Andrew, who do you got? This is a tough one. I think it is going to be a big challenge for that run defense Artem was talking about. Mississippi State really likes to run the ball, especially with Nick Fitzgerald. They're averaging 235 yards a game. A&M's only giving up 78.4 yards a game, so I think that's really going to be the big battle is whether or not Mississippi State can establish the run game like they want to, as well as how Texas A&M handles going into Scott Stadium and the Cowbells. Or Davis Wade Stadium and the Cowbells. It's always a interesting place to play with some crazy money. I think I think A and M's going to win just because I think that there's enough talent in them offensively to to score points. I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. The over under is 44. Uh, if it if it's an over, I think it's barely over. But I think A and M wins it. Okay, fair. That's fair. I, you, I'm kind of sad for you because you haven't really had a chance to use your cowbell all season. But, uh, yeah, that's just the way it's gone. Artem, I've already penciled you in for Texas A&M. Do you care to prove me wrong? <laughs> well, I got the Aggies in this one. 
Andrew kind of covered it. You know, their their strength is the running game this year, and honestly, they can't run the ball with anybody but Fitzgerald very well. Um, and Fitzgerald just hasn't been the same since uh, his injury last year at the end of the year. He's still averaging 6.5 yards a carry, but when the other team knows that you're going to run the ball because you can't throw it, that's where the problem is. And in this game, AM's biggest weakness is our secondary. Uh, and honestly, Mississippi State's receivers haven't proven all season that they can get separation. Uh, their last three games, they scored seven points, six points, 23, and three. Um, Mississippi State's defense is the top 10 scoring defense in the country. Honestly, they don't have much to left to prove, but it's a large burden to constantly put on uh, good defensive performances week in and week out when your offense can't put up more than, what, 23 points in four weeks against SEC opponents. So I think it's, this is kind of a defeated team. They're already talking about not putting uh, uh, Fitzgerald in and giving the other quarterback some snaps uh, just because Fitzgerald has been very inaccurate. Um, if you look at the stats, he's actually thrown uh, over 1,000 less yards than A&M quarterbacks has. Um so I think AM takes this one. I think it's going to be not as close as everybody thinks. I think it's going to be a 10-point game. Um, maybe larger, but it won't be a blowout. I think it'll be close until the third or fourth quarter. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I do think Texas A&M should take this pretty handily eventually. I'm not sure how long it'll stay close, but it, it, it we'll see what happens. Next up. Kentucky going on the road to Missouri in one of the weirder matchups of the week because Missouri is favored by like three and a half points, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around because I don't understand how Kentucky – oh, they're favored by seven? Oh, that's even weirder. But, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're seven-point favorite. But, yeah, I don't understand how that's possible given Kentucky's ranking and how they've performed – but, uh, yeah, apparently the maybe the experts know something I don't. Both Tommy and I are taking Kentucky because never agree with the experts. Artem, who you got in this matchup? I got Kentucky in this one, too. I, I think they're a little bit more proven. You look back at some of their games, they, they played them a little closer than Missouri has, uh, especially in their wins. But Kentucky's only, only losses to Texas A&M, whereas... Uh, Missouri was beaten down by Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama in back-to-back-to-back weeks. And this past week, they finally got Memphis and put on a show. But I I think the Kentucky defense is full of seniors, and I think it'll be a lot closer game than seven points. Uh, I think Kentucky wins this by two or three. Okay. Uh, Andrew, uh, so far everybody's picked Kentucky. What's your your thinking? Are you going by the name on the front, or are you – Sign with the performance this year. Hell if I know. We don't know anything about Mizzou. They're 4-3. and three. They haven't won a conference game yet. They lost to South Carolina, who Kentucky beat. What? <laughs> but then Mizzou beat Purdue, who beat Ohio State. So, again, what? Transitive property. It's all about the transitive property. <laughs> I think Kentucky wins it. I think it's somewhat low scoring because I think Kentucky's going to want to control the ball and keep it on the ground and just try to not let Mizzou get it. And and I think Kentucky's probably better defensively, especially points. They're only giving up 12.9, where Mizzou's giving up 30.9. So I think that's going to be the key is how well can that Kentucky defense 
play against Drew Locke, and then how much can the offense move the ball to keep it out of his hands? But I think Kentucky will win this one. All right. Fair enough. Next up, we got USF going on the road to Houston. So this is an interesting matchup because USF has kind of gotten worse and worse as things have gone on, but they still managed to win their matchups. And that's, of course, the key to any game is winning, not how you win. Houston, on the other hand, has also looked very good. Their defense is stolid. Of course, we just talked about Ed Oliver being a big draft prospect in the future. And I, I think overall Houston's got the D in place to stop USF. I'm picking Houston. Tommy's picking USF, which I don't really understand. He didn't give me a logic for it. So I'm assuming he's just doing it to make us look better by the transitive property. But, Andrew, maybe you've got some more information that I don't know about. Who you got? So the over-under on this game is 74.5. So a lot of scoring is what you were saying. (laughs) But I think you kind of hit on the main point. I think Houston's better defensively. And I think that's what's going to matter. It's I think they're going to be able to stop USF and get the ball back to their offense to make plays. I just – you kind of hit on it too. USF, even against Georgia Tech, I didn't think looked that great. I think they've benefited from playing a fairly weak schedule. And that's going to kind of come back to Biden when they get this big test from a really, really good Houston team. So I think Houston's going to win it. And in terms of the over-under, Lord if I know. I think it'll be a pretty high-scoring game. I'm, I'm not touching that. But, uh, Artem, as far as the actual game goes, who do you have in that matchup? I think Barnett's been having to rely on his legs a lot uh, this season. I, I think he hasn't been as good passing as he should be um, for a player of his training and experience. I think South Florida's used to the humidity that Houston will have, but I think Houston will beat him. Okay. Yeah, way to draw that out. Like, yeah, Almost like you were going to pick the other way. Um, so, I know we've talked about some very confusing matchups up to this point. Indiana, Minnesota is a good one, but this is the one that really I'm struggling to wrap my head around. So, Iowa at Penn State. Penn State has not looked great the the kind of a like we were talking about with usf where you win your games and you just try to ignore how you won your games like even last week against indiana it's kind of a lot took a lot of luck on their part to actually come up with the win there um and iowa is low-key i think it's one of those teams where people just haven't really thought about them because they haven't done a lot but they haven't been terrible either so this is one of those games where I'm looking at these teams and I'm just like, I don't know. Because I don't – they've played some teams close, but they've also lost some games and struggled against teams that they really shouldn't have. I just don't – I don't have a clue. I'm picking Penn State because they're the home team. Tommy's picking Iowa because Corn, I guess. Artem, who do you got in this matchup? Iowa. Versus, Iowa's going to be the child molesters. Yeah, I'll go with that one. I, I don't think you're allowed to keep calling them child molesters. They got rid of the child molester. Well, uh, anyway. They covered it up for a while. This is... All right, I'm getting off this topic and going back to college football. <laughs> Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? 
Uh, if this game was in Iowa, I would be more bully about Iowa. But I think Iowa wins because I think this is one of those sneaky seasons where all of a sudden you wake up and Iowa won 10 games and you're like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> it's very and, and, you know, they, they Kirk Ferentz likes to turn out every now and again. You know, Iowa just kind of chugs along, winning eight games, winning seven games, winning eight games, winning eight games. Oh, God, they won 12. What the hell? Yeah. Where did this come from, Iowa? I did, read, I did read an interesting article about how Kirk Ferentz is uh, getting upset that he can't punt as much as he's used to because their offense know, right? is just too good. I mean, God, hate him with that. But, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing for Iowa is that I think they're really stout defensively, and I think that's going to help out a lot. I think they're going to be able to shut down Penn State and score enough points. And, what again, I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring game for Iowa to win. All right. So next up is our big matchup of the week. Uh, University of Florida versus uh, UGA at uh, in Jacksonville. World's largest cocktail party. I don't think we're supposed to call it that anymore, but everyone does anyway, so who cares? Uh, I don't like saying things about Georgia, so I won't. And Florida has kind of surprised a couple of people. They beat uh, LSU at home. And then they did lose to Kentucky in the same location. So these are two good teams overall. I mean, uh, challenging for the East. It could This East could easily come down to this matchup as it has many years before. Um, I'm picking UF because you couldn't pay me to pick UGA. Tommy, on the other hand, uh, is made a bunch of words on his prediction to be like, well, this is why I have to pick UGA because blah, 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 blah. But yeah, bottom line is he's a traitor. So, Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? I mean, I'm going to pick Florida because fuck Georgia. But I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game because I think, again, both teams are very good defensively, and I think the defenses are ahead of the offenses at this point. So I think it's going to be really close. I think Florida is just going to find a way to sneak this one out. There's always been some level of voodoo playing in Jacksonville for Georgia, and I think that Florida is going to be able to take advantage of that. All right, Artem. This one's crazy, right? You have Florida beat or LS, yeah, Florida beat LSU. Georgia lost to LSU. Oh my gosh. You know, um, logic tends me in a direction of Kirby Smart being to a point where he's somewhat more established at Georgia. Um, and I, I think Florida's going to take a couple more years. I think it's going to be a really close game in a couple years. But I think both teams had, had a bye week to prepare for this. And I think Georgia's just going to be more prepared. Um, Kirby Smart, you know, was a long time with Nick Saban, so I, I think he knows how to correct a loss like they experienced at LSU. I think they'll come into this game, it'll be close for the first half, and then Georgia will pull away in the second half. They just have more more talent and more depth, uh, both defensively and offensively, and not necessarily that Florida doesn't have the talent. I think Georgia's talent is just more specific to the type of defense and the type of offense that they want to run, whereas Florida... Well, there is, it's not really a rebuilding year for them. I think they're going to have to recruit the type of guys they want, which are going to be different than the guys that are currently there. Okay. I respect your decision, but I just want you to know you are dead to me, Artem. Um, so next up, I guess, uh, 
Tommy didn't send me this one, but we've got our split of the week. So North Texas by 29 and a half points over Rice is the biggest prediction of the week, biggest split. So I'm going to I'm going to go with over on this one cuz I genuinely think Rice is terrible and North Texas is one of the better offenses in the lower tiers. Uh, but uh, guys, who do you got in what's what's you got in this one? Uh, Artem, twenty nine and a half North Texas over Rice. Where, what side are you on? I don't think it's. I don't think they're going to cover that twenty and a half margin. I fine is still uh, a little bit banged up. Uh, whether he plays in this game full time or not, I, I think he's going to be the big difference in points. I think UNT is going to have a, a sure win on their hands, but. I think they're trying to be cautious with fine now because they know that they can't put it, put the same production on the field with a different quarterback. Okay. Andrew. I think they cover because North Texas is really, really good and rice is terrible. Fair enough. All right. That's, that's the logic I like to hear. All right. Next up personal picks. Um, Tommy, has picked Kennesaw State over, I don't remember, but he picked Kennesaw Charleston State. Charleston Southern. Hoot hoot, bitches. <laughs> well, he's actually picked that game two weeks in a row because he forgot that it wasn't getting played last week. I'm impressed. They're going to win twice. Exactly, yeah. It's the it's the parlay, you know. He, he lined it hoot. up. Hoot, hoot hoot, bitches. Also, I still, I don't care what Reddit says, Plank is the best turnover mascot by far. All right. I don't know. The, the turnover chainsaw is pretty legit, too. It is hard for Plank to beat a chainsaw. That is fair. Um, Andrew, who do you got for your personal pick? Um, I'm going to pick this game, and I feel safe picking this game because my fiance doesn't actually listen to the podcast. So I'm going to pick the South's oldest rivalry, which is the North Carolina Tar Heels at the Virginia Cavaliers this weekend, which is the 1220 Raycom special. Oh, God. For you uh, non-ACC folks out there, there's always an ACC game every Saturday that's shown on local-ish television that starts at 1220. Don't really know when that started, but it's been a thing as long as I've been alive. So Yeah, because they don't... Now and, I guess they don't want to compete directly with all the things starting at 12, so they'd rather start... I guess. At, I don't know. Every now and again, you get lucky, and that 1220 game is the West Durham game of the week, which I'm a big fan of West Durham. I don't think this is the West Durham game of the week, unfortunately, but uh, I think Virginia's going to win that game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game because UNC has actually played two really tough close games in a row and had leads and fallen apart. And I think that might be what happens again, because again, we don't really know if Virginia's for real. They beat Miami, lost to NC State, and then beat Duke. So we don't really know, again, much about Virginia. And I think Virginia's somewhat one-dimensional on offense. Bryce Perkins, not as much to an extent as, say, Taquan Marshall, Georgia Tech, but Perkins is definitely a guy who's much more comfortable with his legs than he is with his arm, which Mendenhall is perfectly happy with that. They're running a lot of that zone-read pistol option that he ran a lot with Taysom Hill at BYU. But the over-under is 50. I think this is, again, going to be a low-scoring game, but I think Virginia ends up winning it. I do think Virginia is favored by, like, 9.5 points in this matchup. Are. Okay, yeah. Which I guess goes to show just uh, how opinionated these guys can be. But, 
Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens. UNC could live up to some hype in a big rivalry game. All right. Artem, who's your personal pick? Zzz. Exactly. I got Vanderbilt over Arkansas in a case of the defeateds. They're both on four in the east and the west of SEC. Um, and I got Vanderbilt. I, I think they just have a better defense. They got their stuff figured out, a little bit more established, whereas Arkansas still can't figure out who's going to be their quarterback or what route to run or do we have a defense. So I got Vanderbilt over Arkansas in my first pick. My second pick is uh, Purdue versus Michigan State. Uh, and I think David Blow is going to blow right through that Michigan State defense while DJ Knox is going to knock some people over. <laughs> yeah, I got Purdue in this one. I hate to ruin your pun, but I think it's pronounced Blau. He's going to blow. He's, he's going to blow some people over, Andrew. Gosh. He's going to blow them. But, okay, do you have any more picks or is that it? He's going to blow more. <laughs> it's Rondeo Moore's on that offense, dude. No, that's all I got. God damn it. I was about to say, uh, I'm just setting you up to make more puns. This is terrible. Uh. Yeah, well, you did steal one from me, but uh, this week I've actually got a short list. I just picked all upsets, but I think there are upsets that could easily happen. Uh, Upsets by the Vegas numbers anyway. So I've got Army over Eastern Michigan. I think Army's a better team overall. It's just going to be a rough game on the road. Syracuse over NC State. Uh, NC State's going to Syracuse, and I think Syracuse is a team that's pulled a couple of big upsets, so I totally could see that happening. Wake over Louisville. I'm not even sure why Louisville's favored in this game. I don't think they're that good. Wake is by far a better team. And then Tulane over Tulsa. I watched Tulane lose to SMU last week. I think they're good enough. They should win that matchup, and I'm going to pick them over Tulsa. All right, guys. Well, that'll complete us for this week. And uh, thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at tmlpodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Twitter at tmlpodcast. Thanks as always, and have a good rest of your week. Good night, everybody.